Welcome to Texas Hockey Talk, presented by Dallas Hockey Fans. Enjoy the show. Before we get into it, a quick word from our sponsor. Are you tired of paying overinflated electricity bills? Well, let us help you. Contact Samuel Stevens with Infinity Energy and see if solar is a good fit for you. At 469-235-7461 or sstevens at goinfinityenergy.com. Thousands have saved in Texas already. Why not you? All right, let's bring the entire team in this evening. Boys, game two was a victory for Dallas. They're coming home this weekend up. We're tied in the series one-to-one. Looking forward to game three at home, finally. All the co-hosts are in town for this one. We've got T, our season ticket holder friend. We've got Bunzi, our all-star hockey player, and Brando, our fellow admin from Dallas Hockey Fans. Gentlemen, welcome. Let's go ahead and get into this game. Um, just a few takeaways from everybody and um, kind of what your main thoughts were in a really crazy game. Um, T, you want to go first here? What uh, what really stuck out to you tonight? Uh, yeah, I mean, just kind of piggybacking on what we said in the preview and then also after game one, um, Johnny Goudreau in the playoffs is not a good five-on-five player. I mean, yeah. I, think he had two sh- I think he had two shots tonight and – I mean, that's not terrible, but they definitely weren't high danger shot, shots. I mean, I don't I don't think I can think of one chance that Johnny Johnny Goudreau had that I was worried about. I mean, Flames definitely had their chances and Ottinger definitely made his saves, but Johnny Goudreau is not Johnny hockey when, when the playoffs start. I think that's the number one takeaway. Yeah. Number two takeaway for me, um <clears throat> excuse me is probably the fact that our power play is still awful. Um, two, games in a, yeah. two games in a row where we can't put three passes together. I mean, and I think, I think some of it is unluckiness because we are not getting any bounces to go our way, it seems, on the power play. But there's just no movement. There's no creativity. It is just stale as can be. What do you think that is to you? What is there a specific strategy that's just not working? Like the zone entries, I, I feel like are just really weak, or they dump and chase it ninety percent of the time. Yeah, I mean, I want to give credit to the Flames. I mean, I think they have a top ten PK. I mean, they're not slouches when it comes to that stuff. Yeah, but with the Stars, it's just we don't have guys that seem to be calm on the puck. Even even the guys that usually are weren't in the first two games. Like, yo, 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 guys yo, yo. Like Pavelski I, and Robertson to slow it down. Boys, I need to What's jump up, in. Benzie? I just don't like the tone of this fucking podcast right now. We just won a game 2-0 on the road in Calgary, and we are sounding a little depressed here. We can pick about the power play all we want later on, but let's start the tone up a little bit. I know it's 12 o'clock and we're tired, but we just won on the fucking road in the playoffs. 
in Canada, and no less. We need to if turn I can up piggyback the vibes. off of that, uh, Bunzi. I, I one of my main points was just like how stellar Ottinger has been in the first two games. I know we lost the first one, but tonight was he was just uneffing believable in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of my, I mean, question for coach would be like just. What do you say about this guy? You know, A and B, like, what? how did you get the team, you know, how did you get us to match, the like, the physical intensity and, you know, the forecheck that mm-hmm. Calgary is showing right now, right? I mean, it, if we're trying to get positive, those are the two things that I saw, and, and hell, I, I loved what I saw tonight, for sure. And Klingberg was trashing those guys, um, I guess, I don't know, it was, I, it was after game one the other night, um, calling out Rasmus Anderson. Then they're asking Matt Kachuk about that on the pregame show on TNT. He's just kind of like laughing it off, but it was under his skin. He went after Klingberg in the first minute and the rest of the game just felt gritty. Like the flames were mad at the stars. I don't really know why, um, but it was interesting to see that dynamic unfold and the stars just kind of brushed him off on most of their hits or a few scrums and it didn't really pay off for Calgary and anything. Their power play wasn't that good either. So really weird special teams night. There were, I counted four, four on four um, segments during the game. How awesome was that though? That was wild. Oh my goodness. Like video game. Fun. Yeah. yeah. Four on four was pretty nuts. Not going to lie. John Klingberg is a marked man and I kind of love it. <laughs> I mean, the comments he made, what did he say about Rasmus Anderson? He just said that, you know, he's acting tougher than he was. And that he, I think Klingberg said that the stars were going to go after him. Right. So, yeah, that's where I think it, it, like the whole Matt Kachuk, like going after him the first minute stuff came from. But usually Matt Kachuk's antics kind of get under the skin of the other team and he, he sets them off balance. But, that was not the case with Dallas tonight. They just kept rolling with it and throwing punches back, which I loved. Anderson is also Gritty. Swedish, right? Yeah, they're both Swedes. I think they. That, I mean, they had to have played together at some point too. Yeah, right? you, yeah. You'd think they'd cross paths and wouldn't have this kind of animosity, but hey, playoffs will do that, I guess. Something well, I'm glad it, the yeah. Swedish guys are acting a little more like Russians or something, acting a little tough over here. This is a playoff hockey we want, not being too nice to each other, right? No, they can be friends off the ice. It's playoff hockey. Yeah, so that was one of the main takeaways is that we're not going to take shit from them, and this is kind of what last game looked like, but the shoe is on the other foot. We scored early. Our top line scored just like their top line scored in the first game, and we held on to that lead. The game was close. They had their chances. They had their three power plays, but we shut them down. We shut them down, good goaltending, and – just like I said, the, the stars work their asses off, you know, and that's why these games are so close. Speaking of working their asses off, though, I loved seeing, um, seeing, gosh, what's his name? Get that, that empty net goal. Raffle. Raffle. So I don't know why his name escaped me, but yeah, Raffle, I feel like has been the star's best two way player in the first couple games. I don't, somebody can, you know, check me on that but i just feel like he's been one of the best if not the best two-way players for us in the first two games here and it's good to see him get um get rewarded with a goal yeah t something i keep thinking about that you mentioned in our playoff preview show the other day it's a battle of the fourth lines like that's where the series is probably won and lost and whenever you see lucic's line out there for calgary versus our line with foxa and um 
uh, Raffle. I almost forgot his name too. Brando. Kiwi playing with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it Kiwi that's playing with with Raffle and Fox. No, I think it's still Glenn Denning. Is it Glenn Denning? Uh, oh, yeah. I saw Glenn. Denning. They they are actually doing some mixed bag lines out there. I've seen yeah, Sagan yeah. Sagan out there with Glenn Denning. They start to flow the lines a little bit. Um, yeah. there, there's certain players they, you know, they'll have four lines right, but there's usually a guy in the lineup that they're not going to roll as much as maybe the other two set of guys. So they'll throw a different center out with that line or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I liked Raffles' play in the first game, and I said, and I just kind of want to continue with that is that guys like him um they want to take advantage of this playoff opportunity and the best way he can do it is exactly what he's doing right now and he's finishing hits uh and i like the guy's cycle play the way they're playing down low in the corners um uh they're possessing the puck um and not just chipping the puck in and changing um which frustrates they're possessing the puck and they're making uh, good passes and keeping it down low, which uh, that, that puck possession is what wears down the defense on the other team. And that's what allows us to kind of break them down uh, and break their will. If you want to go that far, but I think that's what we did tonight. Yep. It's almost, it almost seems like Calgary's like trying to focus a little too much on getting under our skin. And I feel like, you know, bonus and the stars kind of um, didn't allow that to happen. Um, kind of kept their composure and played better hockey um, definitely tonight. So um, one thing I did want to mention that I saw too tonight was it seemed maybe after the first period that the refs were swallowing their whistles and they were allowing the teams to kind of play a little bit more than, you know, the first game and the first period of this game. So um, if that continues – it's going to be some interesting uh, physical hockey, you know. For, Compared for the to the first the game, right? Compared yeah. to the first game, they look back yeah. at it and they're like, hey, there needs to be a little bit of a difference between a playoff game and a regular season game. And they, uh, you know, they caught Razor on the hot mic saying, uh, you know, what, what's going on here? They're calling penalties that are soft, pretty soft calls when in the mm-hmm. playoffs things, things should be borderline criminal at times and players should be able to get away with it. <laughs> yeah. T, like you've seen games that matter. Like even uh you know, a, an intense club college hockey game, if it's an important game, the refs aren't calling penalties as much as they typically would. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of with all sports. I mean, they kind of want the players to decide the game rather than the refs, which I mean, I think is always good to default to. Um Yeah. And I don't think they've anybody missed anything blatant tonight. I didn't find yeah. myself freaking out. No, uh-uh. there's one where I think uh, uh, Lindell kind of like split the D and almost had a semi break where I was like, "Ooh, that kind of looked." He like kind of got slew footed. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, I, I was, I was kind of like, hey, come on, call that." But um, I think we got away with a uh, like right after that, we kind of got away with one of those like pick plays. So I was like, okay, they're just letting it go on both ends. Um, and, you know, I I would rather that happen than just, you know, see what happened in the first game and the, the first period of this game. Let them play. It's playoffs. Yeah, I just felt like they got tired of calling penalties. Like, <laughs> you, you guys want to play that way? Great. Uh, 
Their rest <laughs> jaws were hurting. They're blowing their whistle too much, man. Yeah, exactly. Well, neither team is doing crap on the power play, so what's the point? Oh for two well. stars, oh for three Calgary. <laughs> there was also a point in the game tonight where I think Kiwi Ranta got an offsetting penalty with Coleman. And I was like, wait, Kiwi's going to the box? It was just it it's been kind of weird this series, but uh good to see him kind of swallow the whistles there. Yeah. Well, well kinda... let's talk. About, can we talk about the back end a little bit and how we were able to sustain, you know, a two-zero lead? Like, no. you know, one-zero most of the game, two-zero. Yeah. We didn't let we did, at the end. My bad. Um, but yeah, how did we do that? T like anyone stand out to you or anyone kind of stress you out? What was looking good? Listen, it's hard for me to do this, but. Ryan Suter really, really, really impressed me tonight. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are going to say, I told you so. This is why we got him. Yada, yada, yada. And I, but this dude led our team on time on ice tonight. He, every time he got the puck, it was the correct play. It was away from danger. It was not panicked. It was cool calm collected and that is all you can ask out of part of your one of your top pairing demon and i'm very very impressed with what i saw from ryan Suter tonight and i didn't think i'd say that yeah he is uh kind of one of those guys that at the, at the beginning of the season we were starting to scratch our head a little bit looking at this decor but when you look at the leadership aspect um position play when it comes to being a defenseman who uh, he still contributes on offense surprisingly well, he plays his position on the, the back end uh, just as well. He's a pretty overall good player, right? And he doesn't even have to make up it for it with the speed of skating because position. Yeah, yeah. and I, I feel like we have a bunch of guys, I mean, especially on our back end. I mean, you look at Miro – you look at Klingberg, you have guys, those guys kind of take chances. They kind of, they'll lead to turnovers. Not really Suter's game, you know? He's making the simple play, making the correct pass. So I think it just kind of settles things down overall. Yeah. Very responsible. Yep. I think that's why we kind of have the D line set up the way they are. Hopefully, you know, Lindell and Suter are the more calm, calm guys on their pair when you got. Uh, being willing to even jump in on the forecheck if they have to or skate skate in front of the net and try and get a rebound. So those guys go in right. when they need to, that's for sure. Let me I'll uh, say oh, go ahead. Well, let me point out a, a few stats here for you fellas, um, to kind of look at this game overall. So yeah, one over the power plays, 0 for two Dallas, 0 for three Calgary. Um Dallas did win the face off advantage fifty seven percent to uh, forty two. So that's really going on 43. Um, but the biggest ones right here, hits were about the same, but blocks. Dallas had the advantage 20 to 5. They wanted to win this game, and Calgary didn't because in giveaways, Dallas had 8, Calgary had 21. That's your game right there, blocks and giveaways. Calgary wow. had no offense. And even when they had a good chance, Dallas defensemen, sometimes even two guys at a time, would block a shot. We're just tougher. That's plain and simple. We're tougher than Calgary. We won't get the credit for all the uh, the shots that went on net, but I saw us throwing throwing it on net a lot more, um, trying to generate some more chaos in front. 
But the hits, we matched up with them. We got out hit last game big time. And uh, the faceoff percentage at 57.4, when we're getting anywhere towards 60, that's that's a big possession, right? It's a a low-key stat that nobody – people will glance over, but it matters a lot when it comes to winning playoff games. A lot. It – yeah, uh, face-offs are a kind of a boring part of hockey people don't really uh, care about, but I think it, it it matters. Like, what is the statistics behind winning the face-off in the three-on-three overtime during the regular season? It's like... Uh, possession. <laughs> Gets you right? the most important thing, puck possession. Yep. That's why we put yep. Fox out there to start three-on-three, right? And he had the biggest draw there at the end of the game, you know, when it was still 1-0, which led to the, the empty netter. I mean, that faceoff was absolutely critical. Yep. Um, just love, love the fact that he's, he's the guy, you know, that you really count on there to get a faceoff at the end of the game. He, he's just tough like that. Um, like going back to, I mean, uh, on a puck possession level, I really feel like our breakouts out of the D zone were a lot better tonight too. Um, just kind of being tougher. And I think that led to more offensive zone possession and, um, you know, getting pucks on that cycling it. Um, so that was good. And then, I mean, just back in, I'm going to say it again, Otter, my goodness, that kid had a game tonight. Yep. Um, making some stellar saves, keeping that goose egg up. I, I mean, huge, huge, huge game. The stars don't make it easy, but, um, overall guys, who would you say was your MVP tonight? I mean, Otter first star, First playoff shutout for him, but I, I, I probably got to go with either Raffle or maybe maybe Klingberg because he had a great come out game where he took on Kachuk in the first minute, and then whenever they tried to go at him, he just brushed by it and then would make a good pass out of the zone. So I put Kling as my number one MVP tonight. Raffle like a one B just because of uh, his effort. But uh, Brando, who who would you point out? I'm going. I mean, it isn't it obvious? <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Otter for a night. Otter, yeah. Give him my MVP. Yeah. Bunzy. <sighs> I'm gonna just uh, keep it with Otter because, just like he continued with that the the same way he played the first game. He's given us a chance to win, and yeah. we have to keep up. But just sports psychology 101. Just us winning a game on the road. And our fourth line contributing at during the playoffs, those guys are going to start playing like really confident, which is a, a good thing. I'm excited to see how they continue to contribute. Think T. Um, I'm gonna. I figured I might as well just keep going with this Ryan Suter appreciation uh, podcast. So I'm gonna give it to <laughs> Ryan Suter. I mean, I just, like it. Just his ability to slow the game down. I mean. I hate to bring this up for Mavs fans. It kind of reminded me of Chris Paul. Every time something crazy would happen, he knew, okay, just need to slow this down. Just need to get this at our pace, not their pace. So I really, really appreciated that. Some solid choices. I thought Suter had a killer game tonight too, for sure. He's the, he's the, the cagey veteran that you, who just gives you the calming presence and just makes the right moves and makes the smart plays. I like yeah. it. Outside of the stars power play fellas, that was a great game. I mean, it wasn't easy, but I think coach who we'll talk to here in just a moment, um, likes these gritty close games. It reminds them of, uh, what hockey used to be like across the league. And he's trying to bring that back 
semi-successfully, I guess. <laughs> These 1-0, 2-0 games in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's how we play in the playoffs, right? I mean, stingy D, low-scoring games. That's, I mean, that's Stars playoff hockey. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Great win. And um, up next, we'll talk to Coach Bonus himself, get some reaction from him, and uh, we'll see what he has to say and his strategy going into Game 3. Stay tuned. All right, well, here he is, guys. This is our bonus segment with the one and only Coach Bonus joining us live from Calgary. Coach, your team wins 2-0 in dramatic fashion in the Sea of Red. How do you feel after a really violent game up there? Uh, yeah, you know, we're feeling good. You know, violence, uh, you know, normally violence is not the answer. But, you know, I told the guys in the locker room before the game, you know, we're going to need a little violence out there tonight. Uh, you know, normally I'm uh, I'm kind of a pacifist by nature. But I just thought that uh, we needed to bring a little violence in order to, you know, get over there with a the win tonight. And, you know, I just can't say enough about our guys. You know, they really went out there. They competed hard. You know, they competed for 60 minutes. Uh, you know, you, you touched on earlier bubbles. You know, they we had uh, 21 block shots out there. So, you know, the Flames, I believe, only had five. So that's, that's really a difference in the game because you know otter he was great tonight you know but uh you know every team has at least one goalie but the really great teams the really great teams they have six goalies out there so we're really excited that we had uh you know 21 block shots we really feel like that was the difference in the game yeah you guys really put your bodies on the line how did you react to uh, klingberg and kachuk getting into it in the first minute Oh yeah, you know uh, Klinger, he's he's a tough guy. You know he's he's kind of skinny. He's kind of like uh, you know a stiff gust of wind might uh, might blow him over. But you know he's a tough <laughs> guy. Other than that, so you know we're 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 excited. We're, I was proud from uh, on a personal level. I was proud that he went out there and uh, you know stuck up for himself and uh, stuck up for his team. You know he's still uh, trying to score a little too much. Uh, you know a few too many dangles. Uh, for my liking, you know, I wish he'd, uh, you know, we've been talking with him about it all season. We really want to try to hold in the defensive game before we get into anything like, uh, you know, scoring goals or getting in scraps or anything like that. But uh, overall, Klinger, you know, I can't, uh, I can't criticize him too much, um, at least not publicly. You know, what we'll do in private. <laughs> okay, Coach, that's good to know. Have fun playing right home with him. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's going to be about uh, three and a half hours. Uh, you know, we'll be rolling in about uh, about uh, five o'clock in the morning. So, yeah, but uh, he'll make sure I'm not going to let him sleep in the plane. You know, we've got some things to iron out. <laughs> Bunzi, do you have anything to ask about uh, Foxa? Uh, you know, about Foxa, yeah. Obviously, uh, we know he's one of your favorite players, and uh, their line played probably up to your expectations tonight. Um, when your first line scores as early as they do in the game, what is your thought process on how to maintain a lead that early in the game? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question, Bunsey. And, you know, I, I had talked about it uh, with you guys a little bit the other day, but all we're really looking for out there is just a one-goal lead. We know with a one-goal lead, we can really shut it down from there if we do things the right way, you know, if we play the game the right way and uh, play with our minds. And, uh, you know, uh, facts, uh, you know, he, he was great out there tonight. He uh, took 11 face-offs. He won nine of them. So, you know, you can't do any better than that. And, of course, you know, Glennie and, uh, and Rafs, you know, they didn't lose a face-off the entire night. Of course, they each only took one of them, but still, they didn't lose. So, you know, we're really excited about, uh, you know, every, everything. Uh, the face-off, that's really the ultimate measure of who wants it more. You know, who wants to go out there and compete. And facts, of course, is leading the charge in that, uh, in that front in every regard. Well, it's clear the boys wanted it tonight. That's, that's for sure. You can see it. But uh, you guys are 0-7 uh, in power plays uh, since the playoffs have started. Uh, 
what are you guys going to try and do to uh, fix that so that you can start getting more goals in your games and uh, hopefully start getting that goal count up to, you know, yeah, you know, goals. I, you know, we don't really look so much at the traditional stats, you know, uh, as far as the 0 for 7, you know, people are going to say this and that, like, oh, the stars are 0 for 7, oh, the stars didn't score a power play goal. And, you know, that that may be true in a vacuum, but we're not really concerned about that, about the traditional stats. You know, it's something that you can't really, uh, you know, tell from being, uh, being on the, uh, you know, in, in the stands or, or watching on TV, you just don't get the same uh, analysis that we do on the bench. We really like the way our power play is going. And we re- really feel like, you know, given uh, a few more games, maybe three, four, 12 more games, well, we're going to put it in the back of the net, you know, when it comes to the power play, we're very confident in that. 12 games. Well, you guys have plans to be in the playoffs for a long time, clearly. Um, well, any questions from you, Brando? Yeah, um, Coach, obviously we've seen some uh, physicality, some chippiness, uh, a few fights here in the first few games. I'm just wondering when uh, Stars fans can expect a uh, Matthew Kachuk and Jamie Ben tilt. Uh, yeah, you know, it, it, it's, it's brewing. It's, it's on the horizon. It's brewing like a nice uh, cup of joe from Tim Hortons, uh, honestly. You know, it's, it's been – Kachuk, he's out there. He's, he's one of those guys. I'd love to have him on my team, but he's not, unfortunately. But, you know, he's out there looking to fight. You know, he, uh, the, the goals are secondary to him. He just wants to go out there and fight. And Jamie, you know, he used to score a lot of goals. Uh, not so much anymore, but he's kind of an every third game player. So we're thinking that, uh, you know, game three – Jamie's going to go out there. He's going to be an offensive force. You know, we're looking for him to score a goal and maybe even get an assist. Uh, I, either one would be fine. So game four is probably when we're targeting that uh, Ben Kachuk fight, you know, if, if we're being honest, because after Jamie scores a goal in, in game three, he's probably going to disappear again for a little while. So we're just, uh, we're thinking that probably game four, uh, for anyone who has tickets to that, they're going to get, uh, you know, all their money's worth. So if that fight does happen game four, will Stars fans going to the game and watching at home need to buy an additional pay-per-view for that fight, or is that going to be included with the game? Yeah, you know, that's it, it, a good question. So that's that's kind of beyond my pay grade. You know, you're going to have to talk to the, you know, the will call office or, or whatnot if you're looking to get tickets to the fight in addition to the game, <laughs> because the fight may not even take place on the ice. It might take place in the locker room. You know, it might take place out in the tunnel. It might take place out on, uh, you know, the victory, uh, victory station out there just uh, you know uh you know between the dart and the tre you know and they take place anywhere you really don't know at this point so yeah something where you're gonna have to kind of keep your eyes peeled uh you know you can uh you know go on on youtube live someone's probably gonna be streaming it out there i mean it's kind of i'm not really up on the on the tech or, or whatnot but you know i imagine that at, you know if, if you're not at the game you can probably watch it on myspace or something like that Hey, Perfect. Coach. Serious questions, serious answers. Thank you, Coach. Coach, I just got two quick, quick, quick questions. I know yeah. you're busy trying to get on a plane and get back to Dallas. Um, you know, the first thing is we mentioned Kachuk earlier. His dad used to play in the NHL, and I know you've been coaching for around 50 years, and I think you were probably coaching before his dad was even born. Um, so what's it like yeah. to see players yeah, that's you may true. have coached I, um... against sons playing? Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely a bit weird, um, you know. So I, I was there actually when uh, when uh, when Matthew was was born. I was there when Keith was born. You know, I was there. I had just finished coaching my my two uh, thousandth game in the National Hockey League or in professional hockey, I should say, not just in the National Hockey League. I just finished coaching my two thousandth game, and I, I was just walking down the street and I uh, walked in the hospital in the living room to see if uh, there was anything I could do. And uh, you know, it just happened to be there when Keith Kachuk was born. 
and now uh, his son is is now playing, and I I fully intend to be uh, the coach of the Dallas Stars when when uh, Matthew Chuck's uh, spawn is has made it to the the National Hockey League, probably playing for the the Devils or uh, or, or the the Coyotes or something like that. But yeah, it's it's definitely strange to see guys that uh, you know used to play with, used to coach. Uh, you know, they got to, they got kids that are playing now. I mean, yeah, I wish uh, the, the kids could learn a thing or two from their dads about the right way to play the game. You know, from being honest, but uh, it, it's definitely a unique experience. Well, coach is delivering wins on the ice and in the delivery room. Nice. One more thing. You mentioned we uh, interviewed you uh, prior to this before uh, game one. You were with Radulov at a Starbucks. That just goes to show you how committed you are to beating uh, Canadians at any cost. You were not going to a Timmy Hortons, which I know is your favorite. You went to a Starbucks instead. That That's some commitment to American companies right there and saying you want to win the – the American way right there. Well, that's, that's true. I mean, at the end of the day, my paycheck does come from, uh, from an American company. So I, I figured I would, uh, you know, pay my respects and, uh, you know, just go to a, a local, uh, organic, uh, coffee, small, small coffee shop, uh, Starbucks, you know, it, it was, it was, it was really good, high quality, not, not too commercialized at all. So, you know, it, 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 you know, Rads, I was with Rads. He, he really wanted his, his non-fat decaf mocha latte. So, you know, I just figured it was, it was the best for everyone if we just went there. Oh, well, got to stay hydrated, Bunzi, and stay awake too. Follow-up question about Radulov, uh, Coach. Sorry, can I get one more yeah. squeezed in? Yeah, um, Is Radulov drinking Ukrainian vodka or Russian vodka right now? After you know, we're vodka? not, we're not, uh, we're not going to comment. We're not in a position to comment about things like that uh, at this time. I'm so, I'm sorry, but uh, you know, Rad's. Uh, you know, he only had about nine minutes of ice time, which is more than Lucic, I should add, uh, in tonight's game. But, you know, Rad's, um, you know, after the last game, he was really down in the dumps. So, you know, he, he asked that we import some of the good stuff, you know, some some real Russian stuff, the kind of stuff you can't really get on the shelves out here uh, for political and, uh, you know, logistical reasons. But, yeah, so, you know, before the game, I had a nice chat with him and, uh, you know, we, we discussed what was going to be required tonight. And then he said, uh, coach, can I get a, I just need a double shot before we go out there. And, uh, I, I agreed, you know, eventually, uh, I figured it'd be the best interest of the team. So I, I, uh, I did a double shot with him and, uh, we went out there and, uh, we got the win. So that's all really all that counts. Good. <laughs> the winning and that's not a double shot of espresso. <laughs> <laughs> no, no boys. Not this time. Not this time, but, uh, but next time. Very good. Well, coach. I think that about sums it up. Your team is now tied 1-1 in this round one series. Um, have a safe yeah. flight to Dallas, and uh, we'll see you guys Saturday. Yeah, and I uh, look forward to your apology letters in the mail. Thanks, guys. Good night. There he is. Coach, bonuses, bonus segment live on Texas Hockey Talks postgame show. Incredible. All right, guys. Well, we're all going to tune the bed here. It's uh, way past our bedtime here on the Central Time Zone. So uh, thank you all for listening. And now and forever, go Stars. We'll talk to you soon. Bye.